0: Hi everyone, welcome to Third Spacing, the podcast, where we explore important issues on the peripheries of clinical medicine in Singapore. I'm your host, Manisha. In collaboration with Chiyin from The Weird and Wild, we interview architect, Mr. Jerry Ong. He has worked on numerous healthcare design projects, including the award-winning architectural design for one of our local healthcare institutions, Kutengwat Hospital. We discuss the role of design in the healing and recovery of patients. And we also talk about the need for more sustainable hospital designs in order to meet future challenges. Mr Ong also gives us his personal take on what an architect's responsibility is, highlighting the need for empathy when it comes to designing a hospital that is catered to its
1: users.
2: Where does the inspiration come from when you think about designing for healthcare?
1: Well, healthcare is only one typology of the many typologies in architecture, but I guess what really differentiates healthcare from the other typologies is first, I think it's very much more technical, not just creating a machine that works. We also want to make sure that our design creates a healing environment for all its users. You know, it doesn't just mean the patients, it includes the staff, the caregivers as well.
0: So When you talk about the healing environments that you would like hospitals to provide, how do you actually go about creating a design that focuses on
1: this? First and foremost, when we approach the healthcare typology, we have to always consider a lot of factors. One, of course, is the design brief. We have to consider the site context as well. And every country is different. They all have different social, political, economic considerations. So we have to analyze each of these factors and then understand the user's requirements before then proposing a design that suit their purpose. Ultimately, the hospital shouldn't be just a machine. It should really be creating this healing environment for everybody.
2: What were some of the considerations when designing something like Kutekwa? Mm-hmm. Because I know that it's said to be a building that is very environmentally friendly. So what exactly mm-hmm. is environmentally friendly about Kutekwa?
1: Fudequat is one of the platinum RIMA-certified projects in Singapore, meaning it has to comply to a whole set of requirements in terms of the energy savings. We have to take special care and consideration when we specify uh, the materials, for example, such that they do not cause adverse impact on the environment. But of course, it's really a combination of what we call passive and active strategies. Passive strategies would include things like building orientation, how we design the facade, to make sure that, for example, in a naturally ventilated world, how we can maximize natural ventilation. The active strategies will really be more technical, Okay, really includes all the more the mechanical, electrical systems. We specify equipment that utilizes the energy efficiently. Hospitals is actually, of all the different typologies, one of the biggest, what we call energy guzzler. It is by virtue of its function. If you look at a hospital, you have a lot of spaces that are air-conditioned by necessity. And even in Singapore, you have both naturally ventilated and the air-conditioned walls. So there's a lot of spaces that need to be mechanically ventilated that actually consumes a lot of energy because they're actually all 24-7. By virtue of that, I think it's only responsible for us as an architect to make sure that we design in a very sustainable way. At the start of the design competition, they already specified that the project has to achieve... Platinum green mark. So, yes, it is part of the brief, but we believe as architect that we, we have the responsibility. So, actually, even in our know, projects, are by it's not called for by the client, we will also do it anyway.
2: Sustainably designing a hospital is one thing, right? What do you consider? You know, the kind of greenery that you have is it for a healthcare reason or is it for building cooling or is it both?
1: Landscape as a strategy is not just to create the environment. In CPG, we try to incorporate a lot of these design features and strategies. Human beings really want to be close to nature. And I believe that will really create a very good platform for creating a healing environment. For example, you know, in the projects that we do, we want to make sure our projects get abundant natural daylight. The spaces that we design have a lot of views out so you can actually see the passage of time or whether it's raining or it's sunny. It's important to have that connection with nature, to know where you are and to know what time it is so that you can actually adjust yourself much better. In Singapore especially, it really reduces the island heat effect. In Kutekwak, it feels different. It feels like you're coming into a garden. When we were awarded the CEO then, Mr Liak, he told us, I want you to design a hospital that can help the patient lower his blood pressure when he steps in. How do you do that? I'm not, I'm not a physician, but I'm an architect. I believe creating the right environment, it, it can do that. And we use nature to help us to achieve that. We want to make sure we design a place that do not feel like a hospital, look like a hospital, or smell like a hospital. It really helps you to reduce your stress. And I think with that, we achieved the CEO's challenge. After Kutekwad, you'll see how we have employed this design principles in a lot of other projects. So one good example is Ng Fong General Hospital. It's very different, right? If you look at the site, it's actually a hospital surrounded on all sides by ropes. Kudeng is set in a HDB estate next to a pond. But in Ng Ting Fong, we don't have that. So what we did is we create all these different planter boxes that bring it up to the sky so that when the patient lying down on the bed, looking out of his or her window will not be looking at all this concrete jungle. We're looking out into gardens. That's how we deal with it.
0: So you're talking about this concept of providing a healing environment and it sounds like it is Mm. one of the most important concepts to take into note when designing a hospital. How important is this concept of giving a brand name for a hospital?
1: During design competition stage, it is helpful if you can have a catchphrase or a concept that really captures your imagination and helps the jury remember the design. So in Kutekpot, The main winning formula was that we have the best side response before the hospital came on board there was actually nothing there. it was just a green field but next to the green field you have the pond. for me there was nothing to respond to except the pond so so what the hospital did is that it really opens up and it draws the pond into the hospital so that's what we did in Kutekwad but in Ng Ting Fong the whole design branding came from what can we do different from Kutekwad we start to question as a team why are only those beds next to the window get the window view why can't every bed have a window and that became our main design strategy for Ung Fong, whereby we want to give every patient a window. And the design evolved around that. You can say that to give every patient a window becomes the branding, but it's more like a, a very pure desire to create that healing environment for the patient. We really overturned all the stereotypes of what a hospital room what should be, but we pushed it and we knew... Yeah, we're taking a very bold step.
0: So once your design gets approved and then you go about making this blueprint into a reality, how do you then measure the success of this design?
1: What you're talking about is really post-occupancy study. Whether or not the design has been validated. Unfortunately, what we are trying to achieve here is very intangible. We have had engaged various institutions, even uh, TC students, to go down to the various build projects to study the environment, to do surveys. And of course, the general consensus is that patients feel that it's a very nice environment. The problem is that you don't always get the same patient having the advantage of going to hospital A and hospital B with the same problem and then being able to compare A and B at the same time. It's not like that. I think by and large, a lot of our feedback that we've gotten from patients to staff to even visitors has been overwhelmingly positive. But that's not about Singapore. We are all here, we understand our weather. One day it's sunny, the next moment the dark clouds come and it starts to rain. And then sometimes our rain are so heavy, it comes horizontally. So how do you design a space that's really so open? that maximizes the naturally ventilated space, and yet being able to achieve weather protection where you need to. So you, you have to be a bit more creative in trying to find some of the solutions, or more often than not, they are not static tile solutions. You probably need certain systems like, for example, automated blinds that actually move up and down depending on the weather condition. That's one of the challenge I feel. And sometimes, you know, it's one thing when you engage the users during the design stage, discussing them, educating them. It's another thing during what we call the occupation part. You know, when they take over, when they use the space. As an architect, that's when we also realise which areas we have done well and which areas we can do better. And we have been engaging our clients in all these hospitals all this while. So even for Kutek that was completed in 2010, I'm still working with them. Because healthcare is very dynamic, there are always different challenges. Previously it was uh, what, security issues, but now it's of course pandemic. So the hospital had to be able to adapt.
0: One of the main things that we often hear in the media, or when we talk about hospitals in general, is the number of hospital beds that we can have. So it seems like space is a very big constraint when it comes to design because As much as we want to have a more spacious environment, a more healing environment, as you mentioned, there's also this constraint of being able to fit more patients into a hospital. So how do you balance those two needs?
1: You're right. That's why we have no choice but to go upwards. There is a limit to how high you should go before the efficiencies will drop. But if you want to talk about this, In Singapore, there is actually a very stringent guidelines for the Ministry of Health as to what we call the space norms. So with this norm, How do you creatively use it to create spaces that uh, do more than its function? Or what? They tell you, you know, X meter square per bay that you have to do. Anything that goes above that, you have to justify to the ministry. Because lucky or not, it's a matter of cost. It's then up to the ingenuity of the architect to see how you can play with the numbers. But I think it's with all these constraints that then the creativity starts to come up.
2: Do different types of hospitals have different design strategies so i'm assuming something like a community hospital versus a palliative hospital are the thinking behind your design the same
1: yes and no yes our broad strategies will apply whether you know, how we want to make sure we incorporate sustainable design features how we want to create a healing environment how we want to address the requirements of the different users and i think these are all Part and parcel of a design DNA that we implement for all projects. But what differentiates then is really the user. The user in the different types of healthcare facility you mentioned, whether it's a Q hospital, whether it's a community hospital, palliative facility, they are very different because you're talking about the patients or the residents having very different sets of conditions, very different needs. Then you have to fine tune. To give you an example, In an acute hospital in Singapore, the general duration that a patient stays is about mm, three to seven days, after which then the patient will then move to a community hospital, where they stay up to 30 days. So of course, when you design acute hospitals, where you spend three to seven days, mainly on the bed, and when you go to the community hospital, whereby it's a more rehabilitative type of environment, it's very different. So when we design acute hospitals, we focus a lot on the experience as if you are the patient in the bed. What do you see, feel, touch, you know, whether you can reach or cannot reach from your bed? Versus if I design a community hospital, the focus then will be how do you design an environment that will encourage the patient to get out of bed, to walk, to exercise as part of the rehab routine. So therein lies that difference because of the function of the space. But how we maximize natural ventilation, how do you still want to maintain the view out to see the greenery is still the same. More often than not, a facility has more than one function. In Eung form, it has both a acute hospital and a community hospital just integrated as one. Well. And now the new model is also to integrate a nursing home as well. Whereby, of course, you know, from a community hospital, you stay up to 30 days. A nursing home, you can stay from 30 days onwards. Some stay there for years. So again, it's a very different environment. So again, you have to put yourself from the perspective of the patient. You have to put on the lens of the patient and try to see what is that patient feeling to be able to empathize. I think it's very important. I think similarly as an architect, that's what we try and strive to do.
2: Manisha, so as a doctor (laughs) in practice, do the hospitals affect how you conduct your work also? When we are working as medical students or doctors in the hospital, we are very focused
0: on providing treatment and care for the patients. We rarely ever pay attention to the environment around us. I often wonder, like, you know, does the environment they are in actually contribute in any ways to their recovery as well? So what do you have to say about that?
1: I would say yes. If, let's say, for example, I opt for a naturally ventilated walk, whether or not the wind flow is good versus if it's really stuff, uh, it, it makes a big difference. And of course, you know, whether I get a view out whether I can see the daylight, whether I can see the green outside. I think these are all bonuses. I think that healing environment doesn't just equate to more nature. For me, I'm coming more from the environmental point of view. In a way, as a doctor, you don't have as much control over how to create that environment. But as an architect, I do. So that is my responsibility.
2: I've been into a non-air-conditioned hospital before. It was so sticky. I just felt super uncomfortable, which made me feel like so much worse. It's interesting that these non-visual aspects, I didn't expect it to have such a big impact on a recovery process. Even when talking about like biophilia, it's also not just about nature, but how the surrounding environment makes you feel. And Being out in nature has like natural ventilation, breeze, do you know how much having nature around reduce the emissions or the energy usage of a building? I think
1: that differs from project to project because I think some people have done some studies. So for example, having a rooftop greenery, how it can reduce the temperature by up to two, three degrees. There was a study a few years back in Kutek They actually went to measure the ambient temperature in the hospital versus other locations, and they realized that the ambient temperature within hospitals again two to three degrees lower than the surroundings. Because their point then was to show that by incorporating all this greenery, it helps to bring down the overall temperature and helps to create a more cooling environment, which I thought was quite interesting. Because you know, you reduce the temperature, it really helps to reduce the cooling load, and helps in terms of sustainability as well. It's not really one plus one equals two, you know, not not quite like that. It's a much more complex web of interrelationships that we have to sometimes think about. So that's why for hospitals, it's not so simplistic, right? Because a lot of other factors come in, especially the more intangible. For example, how do you know I feel better here? How do you know I feel more comfortable here? I think, how do you quantify that? It is really very, very hard.
0: How about creating an artificial natural environment within a hospital instead of having them be able to view plants outside or having like airflow coming in from outside have you ever come across this idea or has this idea been explored where we create a natural artificial environment within the hospital that still gives you the idea of oh i'm in nature but still helps you maintain that controlled environment that a hospital needs
1: sometimes for certain reasons for certain patients you do need a bit more controlled environment but in singapore we have an abundance of this so what's the problem with trying to utilize it you know sun so much wind is maybe less i'll say you know but so much rain you know that really helps you know the growth of all this vegetation create this green environment that we are in so why, why can't we just use what's easily available out there but to stretch an idea i'll say why not when the need calls for it i think it's possible for example, when practice practicing in some countries that it's more extreme weather, then certain environments can be a bit more controlled to create a sort of space that we want. I think with technology, some of this may be really just around the corner. We are trying to utilize virtual reality now. Actually now, from, from our industry, is how we utilize that to assist us, to use us, to visualize the space, or maybe help us during construction, or maybe later on during for city management but who to say you can't utilize that to heal uh, even now it's quite a standard feature in operating theaters to incorporate ceiling panels showing natural environment and things like and some are actually moving as well right you know to really stop you know lower your pressure try to put yourself at ease so the possibilities are endless
2: so what's the role of hospitals in mitigating future climate change
1: when we realize the energy consumption for hospitals you know They are actually quite scary. uh. We realize we really have to be responsible. And I believe uh, there is a lot more alignment now, not just within our profession, but also with the users. They realize that investing now, for example, you pump in more money to get the more efficient uh, system designs and equipment, it will pay in the long term. I think there already is a lot more recognition of that, especially in this typology, a lot more savings, potential savings that you can have. But I think at the end of the day, there's a need for a bit of a mindset change. For example, will you even consider working in a naturally ventilated environment? I know there are some parallel studies to even suggest, on one hand, people like to go back to offices because of the free aircon. But there are also studies to show that actually the low temperature actually helps to increase productivity. That doesn't mean, okay, having a naturally ventilated space where my temperature is higher, it will reduce productivity. It's a bit of a Dilemma here, right? To say, oh, okay, I want to be responsible, but yet there are there are trade-offs. But that's the reality. That's the world for you. There's no perfect solution, and we sometimes need to think out our box a bit, you know, and say maybe it's not about trying to force ourselves into one solution. Maybe it's about giving people the choices. For example, let's say a top office, right? How about a design an office that can have a mix of spaces that are air conditioned, but there's also a mix of spaces that actually naturally ventilated. So as when my mood, as when the need or the weather permits, I want to move from one space to another. Of course, in a healthcare setting, it's a lot more challenging. There are a lot of functions that really need that strict control. But there are also other spaces that actually can be a bit more gray. So in what because of the design brief calls for 50% of the spaces to be naturally ventilated, I will tell you, we didn't achieve it because a lot of spaces cannot be naturally ventilated. I think the last space that we asked was the office. And then the the staff all voted no, must be air conditioned. So what we did is that we took all the circulation space, all the corridors, the lobbies, they are all naturally ventilated. That's what we did. Wherever possible, we did it. But due to a functional need, we, we couldn't achieve the 50%. And I think that challenge will always be there. When you read a newspaper nowadays, let's even talk about doing away with subsidized wards. Why can't we just collapse everything, you know, into one type? As we get more affluent, people actually want more air conditioning, the natural ventilator, and they associate people who want the naturally ventilated wards are more the older people who don't like air Come on, that's not really true. Anyway, it's a bit tricky because we know once we do away, with that you can never get it back. So I think we, uh, we should put a bit more thought into jumping the gun and saying that, oh, that's the solution.
2: To close this off, I have a fun question. If you have no restriction on cost, you have all the budget in the world, how will you design a hospital?
1: It's not just about what I want. The hospital is not a manifestation of the architect's ego, you know. It, it really has to start from the user first. Whether it's the patient or the staff who's going to be operating that hospital. What's the environment they want to work with? What's their workflow like? To me, that is most rewarding as an architect. I have to say it will not be responsible to say just because of unlimited budget, then I start to throw all sorts of fancy things in. I think the satisfaction for the architect is really... When the user feedback to you that they really appreciate the space that you have created for them, you know I think that's the biggest reward as an for
0: future design of healthcare one of some of the things that's going to have to go through a
1: change the top of everybody's list now is pandemic resilience or maybe resilience even pre-COVID all the hospitals that we do we already have put in a lot of measures in terms of infection control and we also play out various scenarios like whether it's a pandemic or whether it's a civil emergency or national emergency whether it's a chemical warfare we, we all have all these different infrastructure in place in all our government hospitals but I think what this pandemic really taught us is that sometimes however much you plan the next one can still upset your plans and the last brush with a major pandemic that Singapore had was the SARS experience right but that was back in 03 and it's a totally different experience you know SARS versus COVID-19 that calls for a totally different approach so the key here I feel is really to be more pandemic resilience rather than just COVID-19 resilience, right? Because the next one may be very different. So we need to take a step back and say, look, what are the possible scenarios that may play out? However unlikely they may appear now, it may happen. We just put this all on the table. Then we assess and say, look, what is the best way we can deal with it in a more realistic manner that we are better equipped and prepared when it does come. I will say that for Singapore, we are very lucky that we completed National Center for Infectious Diseases just before COVID-19 hit us. If you go trace the story for NCID, you will realize that actually it took a very, very long time before this project really started. It was actually mooted even before SARS already. Then SARS hit, so everything was shelved. So after SARS was over, you would think that people would say, oh, that's why we need the new CDC, actually it was the reverse. There was talk to say, what is the likelihood of something like SARS happening again? People start to question that. But of course, as history will prove it. You have a whole host of other infections that happened after SARS. So Singapore was very fortunate that the government approved the budget, the plans, the build NCID. I think it's a good lesson for everyone. You can never be more prepared.